This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Well, thanks for tuning in. The Bible says this in Hebrews 3 and verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a wicked, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but exhort one another daily or encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I think one of the positive things that's come out of the last few months, though our lives have been interrupted and disrupted by the coronavirus, one of the positive things that's come from that is a new appreciation for the encouragement that we derive from being with God's people and worshiping Him together. Uh, Our assembling together has been uh, taken for granted by so many, myself included. And we see that God intended us to be blessed among his people as we as we worship him together. And I have undervalued that for uh, a long time. And I think you understand that I'm not suggesting that assembling or corporate worship or going to church, as we call it, is kind of like this roll call or, you know, magic bullet solution, whereas just showing up, you know, we derive the benefits that are spoken of in, in Scripture. Uh, but going to church, as we say, we, we don't do that, or at least we shouldn't do that simply to, you know, quote, go to church, but because we want to study God's Word. We want to draw closer to Him through the reading of, of that Word and drawing near through His people and praising Him in song and in prayer and giving of our means out of a sincere desire to be pleasing to him. This is what those things, those expressions of faith are what bring joy and spiritual refreshment and renewal to uh, God's faithful people. And I just didn't realize how much joy and refreshment until I was hindered from doing that. And perhaps you've come to that same realization and you miss your brethren greatly. And maybe you've chosen to quarantine yourself at home, I would encourage you to um, find different avenues and different channels, and many Christians have done just that to communicate with their brethren. Even if they can't assemble, they find other forms of communication, either through phone or uh, having a study electronically through Zoom or something like this. And uh, we look forward to the time when we can return to normalcy. I'm thankful that I'm part of a group that has continued to assemble. Uh, in some form or another, either whether it be in the parking lot or uh, having a physical assembly with some uh, precautions in place like social distancing and all the things that we're familiar with by now, unfortunately. Uh, but but withholding ourselves from that, you know, deliberately, you know, neglecting to, to seek out that encouragement, we can turn into, I think, what Spurgeon used to call spiritual dyspeptics. I can't find a better way to to describe that where we're just we're closed off and we uh, aren't talking about spiritual things and Bible things with people of the same precious faith. And we're 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 shrinking as a result, Uh, even though we may have numerous outlets for that, like social media or email or things like this. So um, I just want to encourage you to take advantage of those of those things. I know not everyone has access to email uh, or you know the kinds of technology that allow us to to communicate in ways that we haven't been able to in the in the, in the past, but if we do, we should take advantage of it.
And I've been thinking so much about the blessings associated with assembling and worship. And I have just a few thoughts to share with you about that. Certainly Hebrews 3.12, you know, we just finished a Hebrew study uh, not that long ago. Last week, I guess, in fact, was our, was our last one. And uh, it had so much to say. He had, the writer of the Holy Spirit has so much to say by way of encouragement to those brethren who were, uh, for a different reason, not because of disease, but because of persecution, they were and had all these obstacles to uh, assembling and encouraging one another. And they were just beat up and shrinking and, and spiritually they were just wasting away. And we won't rehash all the verses and points, but um, I think Hebrews 3.12 is an appropriate place to start. How about this passage also, Proverbs 27.17, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You've probably heard that many times before uh, in your life. And it speaks to, again, God, God's design, bringing people together, His people together to uh, stir up one another, sharpen one another, stimulate one another, as we read in Hebrews 10, 24, that we uh, provoke each other to do these things. And it's something that we need, despite what we might think, you know, as we maybe consider ourselves exceptions to the rule, everybody needs, if God says everybody needs that encouragement, needs that provoking, then we just need to humbly submit to that and be diligent to uh, participate in that regard, be an encourager, and in turn receive encouragement. So many opportunities can slip through our fingers as the years pass um, that may have not have been obvious in the moment, but they're just little times of inconvenience where we uh, turn away from an opportunity to write a card or pick up the phone or um, you know write an email or something like this. Make you know send a private message via Facebook and offer some words of encouragement or comfort to to our brethren. And we can just get in the habit of neglecting it. And the Bible is saying just the opposite, right? We want to be a people in, in the habit of doing those things as long as we have the opportunity. And the people with whom we join ourselves, whether we're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, in a social setting or a local church setting, uh, uh, or who we work with, the, the people to whom we join ourselves, our families, um, are going to affect us for better or worse. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so we can be sharpened in one of two ways. We can be sharpened to ungodliness or we can be sharpened to greater holiness. And really the choice is ours. What are we going to prioritize? Are we going to prioritize being with God's people, finding a way to get in touch and, and encourage them and worship with them and 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 be, you know, imitate the dedication and the zeal and the continual worship we see in those early disciples who were um, threatened in in different ways and in, in a lot of ways that you know we we aren't. You know they but they still pressed forward and, and prioritized those things because they had a genuine love for Christ. They were undeterred because Christ was first in their lives. It wasn't that they just had a priority to go to church. I know we talk about that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with <clears throat> phrasing it or couching it that way, so long as we understand uh, and recognize the, the motivation that should be behind that. It's not just a 
you know, a, a routine or an ordinary thing. We're just checking the box and this is what we need to do. And we're substituting, you know, quote, going to church in place of, you know, heartfelt obedience or genuine obedience from the heart, Romans six seventeen. Uh, so we can speak of assembling or going to the church, but so long as we understand uh, this, that should be born out of a genuine love for Christ. Just as it was then, so it is now. You know, saints, Christians still have the most important thing in common, and that is that love for Jesus and his truth. And they have that singleness of purpose because of that Christians should. Philippians 1, 27. Striving together for the cause of Christ, teaching the lost, being open, having open and honest discussions about the Bible and what God's will is, and not shirking that duty and not running away from it, but embracing it and, and being drawn together because of their shared love for God and His Word. You know, those Christians, those people who became Christians on Pentecost, in Acts 2 and verse 2, 42, excuse me, it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. So they were frequently together. You know, I mentioned social settings, uh, local church settings, uh, you know, places of, of employment. Uh, so a lot of those are going to overlap, especially when we're talking about local church and social um, interaction. I, I know we have to be careful there because the, you know, the the church, whether we're talking about the church in the local sense or universal sense, it's not a social institution meant to meet social needs, but there, um, there are some social benefits that we derive. And you see that in Acts chapter two as well. In verse 46, for example, they shared, uh, with those in need every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. Uh, they are one heart and one mind and they were taking their meals together with gladness. Uh, right. So they were, first of all, committed to the spiritual work and understood the spiritual nature of the church as they were in the apostles' doctrine, working together in the Word, growing spiritually together, worshiping together, observing the Lord's Supper. But they were also just spending time together, um, just just enjoying being with, with one another. And it's, it's good just to be reminded that there's other disciples of Christ in the world who recognize... What's most important? Uh, and those things, you know, when that's the case, even when we're together in like a social setting, those that's what we're going to talk about. And those things continue to come up, right? We talk about family issues and we talk about culture issues and we talk about maybe things we're wrestling with as individuals or Bible questions that we have. And, you know, we're sharpening each other in, in, in that way. Again, because we have that most important thing in common. We're hungry for the apostles' teaching. We, we want that truth. And that's crucial scripture says to being in a right relationship with God. Second Thessalonians 2.10 Paul says that those who perish perish because they didn't receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. Alright, so Christians, they love the truth. They desire the sincere milk of the word so that they can grow by it. And they in a sense feed off of one another as they share that word and study that word the Word of God together. When a man is hungry, he doesn't have to be told to go and find food. He just he reacts. He knows that's what he needs to do to seek it out. And likewise, I don't think those brethren in Acts chapter 2 were in a place where they had to be cajoled 
or enticed to be together or to assemble and, and to worship. They just did it because of who they were. They did it because of who they were. They gravitated toward one another. They were drawn together by a common love for God, His Son, and His Word. And, and that also explains their devotion to one another as, as well. And their uh, desiring to build up one another and share with one another so that there wasn't a need among any of them. Everybody was provided for. And true saints today faithfully do the same. And they enjoy all the blessings that come from that fellowship. Well, I appreciate you tuning in. We're going to continue with uh, these short Bible studies uh, until we begin a new uh, series in a book or topical study. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been Faithful Sayings.